Please open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 contains the law of God. We will read the law of God together and then move into the message properly from there. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. And therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. That is the law of the living God, the one true God, the only God there is, the God who created the heavens and the earth and all life in it, the God that every man and woman will stand before the moment they breathe their last breath, their heart beats its last beat. That is the law of God. That is the law of God. It is at the foundation of American jurisprudence. It is at the foundation of the American world view that gave birth to this thing that we call the United States of America and the secondary law of our land, the U.S. Constitution. This law in Exodus 20 was written with the finger of God and two tablets of stone given to Moses on Mount Sinai. This law is recorded perpetually in Exodus and in Deuteronomy, inspired, inerrant, preserved, and authoritative. The Constitution of the United States is not inspired, it is not inerrant, it is not supernaturally preserved, but it is authoritative. And that God in his providence established this nation with this Constitution to rule over us. And thus secondary to the law of God is the Constitution, as the law of our land. And for all intensive purposes, it serves as the king of the United States of America, and all are subject to King Constitution. All are subject to the U.S. Constitution. Every American citizen and every guest, legal or illegal, that comes into our nation is subject to the Constitution while they are on our land in our nation that has borders, as every nation does. That in itself is a biblical construct. Nations with borders and military members that defend those borders. Some messages are exegetical, and an exegetical sermon series is a good design, is, I think, the healthy design for the body of Christ. Some messages are topical, and some topical messages should never be preached, but some topical messages must be preached even though... They're not fun to preach. And this is one of those messages. The communist news network, known as CNN, and the rest of America-hating leftists in the leftist press 
are passionately praising and deceptively defending Joe Biden and his Democratic Party co-conspirators as they burn America and its Constitution and the Word of God and the law of God to the ground. In fact, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo are handing out hot dogs and marshmallows to cook over the Washington, D.C. bonfire as they sing, Burn, Baby, Burn. In milk toast contrast, most of the conservative news networks are cautiously using terms like crisis, failed, stumbled, bumbled, fumbled, and dropped the ball to describe Joe Biden's systematic dismantling and destruction of our nation. The conservative press is largely unwilling to come right out and say what we all see daily unfolding before our eyes. The destruction of our constitutional republic. Our constitutional republic is a nation in which our elected officials are representatives of the people and must govern within the confines of the United States Constitution that God's good providence has graciously provided us as the highest earthly law of our land. Our constitutional republic was brilliantly designed by our founding fathers in such a way that executive, legislative, and judicial powers are separated into three distinct branches that were designed to balance and limit power. You hear members of the Democratic Party talk much about democracy today. There's a difference between a constitutional republic and a democracy. Fundamentally, a democracy is run by people, a tyranny of 51% or greater rule. And a republic is run by the laws of the Constitution that are essentially set in stone. And tragically, most Americans don't know the difference. Our constitutional republic is a system of laws that are designed to protect American citizens and contain government, contain government within carefully balanced and limited confines that guard it from ever becoming an abusive tyranny, despite a 51% or greater voting majority that may be foolishly convinced to cast their vote for a tyrant and his unconstitutional, tyrannical policies, protocols, mandates, edicts, declarations, and or laws. But hear me, once you have a tyrant in power, you don't need laws, nor a Congress to pass them. Every whim becomes a policy, becomes an edict, becomes a protocol, becomes a declaration that has the strength of law in it. The elected representatives that we send to Washington, D.C. and to our state capitals to serve the Constitution. That's what we send them there for, to serve the Constitution and American citizens are required to take an oath of office that binds them to support and defend the Constitution. Do you know that? I trust many of you do, but I know that many, if not most Americans today, do not know that every man or woman elected and sent to serve in Washington, D.C. and in our state capitals, takes this oath, or at a state level, a very similar oath. It reads as follows. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter. So help me God. And when that oath was originally written, everyone understood that the God referenced therein was the God of the Bible, the God of Holy Scripture the God who created the cosmos, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who sent Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, into this world to suffer and die for sinners and rise again on the third day so that sinful man might have peace with the God. That is the oath they swear. An oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. 
from without and from within. And beyond that, they swear that they're bearing true faith and allegiance to the same, that they're telling the truth when they take this oath. And that they take the oath and obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. And that they will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office they're about to enter. Every duly elected president, and at least one that wasn't, has taken the following oath of office. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Most of the men and women who take these oaths do so with their hand placed on the Bible. Joe Biden had his hand placed on a very large family Bible when he took that oath and was sworn in several months ago and began his systematic assault on the Constitution and the Constitutional Republic upon which it stands. Joe Biden and his Democratic Party friends haven't simply failed to uphold their oaths of office. They've trampled upon them with the same open contempt they hold for the rest of the Constitution that they're daily working to undermine and burn along with our flag. The supposed symbol of systemic racism and systemic non-binary gender oppression. Let's take a few minutes to think through current events and how they're being reported. Is Joe Biden a good-hearted American, albeit a Democrat, brilliantly dealing with a series of unrelated and unprecedented challenges to our nation and in the world? That's how the leftist press is presenting him. Is Joe Biden merely a mediocre politician that rose to a position beyond his capabilities? That's how some on the left are beginning to present him, and many on the right are. Or is Joe a dementia-suffering politician so long in the tooth that he can't help but stumble, bumble, fumble, and drop the ball again and again? Are any of these accurate? Communist insurrectionist Joe didn't fumble the ball in Afghanistan. He made a Marxist playbook touchdown. He and his communist puppet masters simultaneously destabilized the world by creating the world's best armed terrorist army and using taxpayer-funded U.S. military jets to import a yet-to-be-realized number of undocumented Afghan Taliban jihadis into the United States of America. Some official estimates as to how many Taliban members are in that number are 5%, which I think is probably very low, since they're all Muslim, and they all come from a Taliban-dominated land, a terrorist-dominated land, whatever name you put on it, a jihadi-dominated land. That number is no doubt much higher. You must understand that Joe Biden is indeed suffering from dementia, but that's not the cause or or source of everything we see unfolding. That makes him a very useful puppet for his masters. So they can say, look, perhaps it's the dementia. Perhaps it's his failing mental capacities. When in reality, there is a concerted, clear intelligence behind everything taking place. He is not President Joe Biden. He is Puppet Joe Biden. And Puppet Joe gave a green light to global Islamic Jihad and their communist Chinese and Russian allies with one supposed dementia-driven fumble. Germany and Japan were strange bedfellows, were they not? Think about it. Germany, Nazi fascism. Japan, emperor worship. I mean, these worldviews are far apart, and yet they united together as allies. An axis of evil that nearly exterminated the Jews and conquered the free world. 
Jihadis and communists are strange bedfellows, but nevertheless, communist China, communist Russia, and the Islamic Republic of Iran are conducting naval war games in the Persian Gulf right now. And China, Russia, and Pakistan are actively embracing the new Taliban terrorist government of Afghanistan that Joe Biden strategically, intelligently created. Making matters decidedly worse, Joe Biden's Democratic Communist Islamic Jihad Party sent a powerful signal to the world that it's open season on our Jewish allies by allowing the brazenly anti-Semitic, Israel-hating, America-hating, Islamic communist DNC squad. Do you understand that's what they are? The squad that's become quite famous, the squad that seems to be steering the entire DNC ship. Hear that list again. They are brazenly anti-Semitic, Israel-hating, America-hating, Islamic communist That's the worldview of the squad. The squad are our elected representatives in Washington, D.C. It's terrifying. And they were allowed this last week to defund Israel's Iron Dome missile system that protects them from Palestinian Islamic terrorism in the form of Scud missile attacks on civilian population centers. So we see what's going on in Afghanistan. What's going on in the Middle East is not an accident. It's not a mistake. It's not a mere crisis. It's not a happenstance. It's not a fumbled ball. It is a touchdown. In fact, it's several touchdowns by our Marxist jihadist enemies. Furthermore, communist insurrectionist Joe isn't fumbling the ball at our southern border. He's making touchdown after touchdown as waves of South Americans, Haitians, and illegal aliens from all over the world invade our nation according to the Democratic Party's brazen communist insurrection plan unfolding before our watching eyes. There's been a lot of talk about Joe Biden's immigration policy failing. That's wrong on two counts. Joe Biden doesn't have an immigration policy. He has an invasion policy. And it's not failing, it's succeeding perfectly. Joe Biden and his Democratic Party allies didn't accidentally make heroes out of the tens of thousands of illegal immigrants they invited to invade our country while simultaneously criminalizing the Border Patrol agents trying to vainly stop their invasion this last week. Now mind you, tens of thousands is just this last week. It's hundreds of thousands. Millions of new Democratic Party voters are invading America because they were invited to. And they will soon cast their vote for their new Democratic Party masters who are using them to overthrow the Constitution and usher in communist tyranny. It's ironic that black and brown people from around the globe are risking their lives, abandoning their nations, their homes, and their families to flee to a nation that supposedly suffers from systemic racism and oppresses its citizens of color. In reality, they are leaving everything and risking everything in the pursuit of the American dream, embodied in these words, quote, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Tragically, they are the Communist Democratic Party's useful idiots who will ultimately be used to bring an end to the American dream they sacrificed everything to pursue. They will never get what they came for. Joe didn't stumble, bumble, or fumble in the Middle East or at our southern border. Neither dementia nor idiocy results in consistently harming America, harming our allies, and strengthening our communist Islamic jihadi enemies 100% of the time. Communist insurrectionist Joe, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the squad, and their modern-day axis of evil allies have declared war on the United States of America and the Constitution upon which it stands. They are traitors. They should be arrested and tried as traitors. The whole world will suffer if America falls to the glaringly obvious insurrection taking place in Washington, D.C. Not just America, the whole world. 
all of Haiti, all the Haitians, all of South America, all the Asian nations, all of Africa, the entire world will suffer if this beacon of light known as America, built on the word of God, built on the biblical worldview, built on the law of God, built on the constitution that flowed therefrom, is allowed to be destroyed, dismantled, burned before our eyes. Make no mistake, if they succeed, every form of evil will be unchecked in America and around the globe. Right now, their war is cold. But the Marxists in the White House, the Senate, and the House of Representatives are moving closer to a hot war every day as they systematically marginalize, stigmatize, and criminalize constitution-defending, Bible-believing, God-fearing Americans. It was no accident that these last few years they have stigmatized and criminalized the police. Defund the police, abolish police. It's no accident now that they're stigmatizing and criminalizing and terrorizing, making terrorists out of any true patriot, any patriot who wants to uphold his or her oath to defend the Constitution that serves in our United States military and in the House of Representatives and in the Senate. Any true patriot who wants to uphold the oath they swore with hand on Bible before God and men to defend the Constitution and the nation built upon it is now being stigmatized and criminalized and called a terrorist and being welcomed out the door of our military back into the civilian life where they will be further marginalized. We have... CNN and MSNBC openly declaring Christian evangelicals to be America's Taliban. That's where we are in America today. That is the state of the union. It's a cold war. But if we do not fight the cold war with the weapons we have been given, the war will become hot. It's only a matter of time. Here are Eight biblical reasons to actively stand against the Democratic Party's communist insurrection. Eight biblical reasons, and the majority of them come from, guess where? Exodus 20, the law of God. Because communism is antithetical to the law of God. It is antithetical to God himself. First point, communism is a satanic assault against God and mankind as a whole and is thus fundamentally, historically, and actively anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-church, anti-law, and anti-gospel. Hear that again. Communism is a satanic assault against God and mankind as a whole. It is fundamentally, historically, and actively anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-church, anti-law, and anti-gospel. And yet there are men and women foolishly embracing social justice, woke, BLM, mantras, and motives in Christ's church. And that is all communism by another name. Communism in disguise. In Christ's church. Furthermore, communism seeks to usurp God's throne and make the state or government God, and thus the only arbiter of truth and decider of good and evil. Hear that again. Communism communism seeks to usurp God's throne and make the state or government God, and thus the only arbiter of truth and decider of good and evil. Exodus 20, verse 3, we've already read, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. Communism comes into the room, promising, of course, utopian equity for all at the small price of denying the one true God. Communism is fundamentally atheist. It is opposed to God. It sets the state up as God, as the highest authority. Now, mind you, the state never says the highest authority for long. Some tyrant always steps in is the willing representative of the state until the people rise up against them or they die at a ripe old age after slaughtering millions like Stalin and Pol Pot and Chairman Mao. 
And so you shall have no other gods before me. Stands as a high wall, the wall of God's law between humanity and communism. Atheistic communism that rejects the one true God, that rejects the creator and sets itself up as God, as the arbiter of truth, the decider of good and evil, and rules ruthlessly, ruthlessly, without compassion. Hear me. The idea that these communist forces are compassionate toward the plight of the black man, the brown man, or the homosexual man is ridiculous. It's a lie. They're just using them, using them for their own ends. Assaulting America on the premise of racism. Assaulting America on the premise of homosexual oppression so they can replace our constitution, our freedoms, our prosperity with enslavement. Second point, communism inevitably leads to the mass murder of millions. Open any history book that hasn't been rewritten by lying communist social justice woke BLM historians and you'll find communism's nightmarish history of mass suffering, mass starvation, and mass murder. So again, eight biblical reasons to actively stand against. You cannot be passive, you cannot be neutral, and you cannot be a coward. We must stand against. We must speak out. The reason I'm preaching this sermon is because the time to stand was last year. We must stand. This sermon must go out. And thousands like it must be preached. And they must be heard. Again, the first point. Communism is a satanic assault against God and mankind. The second point. Communism inevitably leads to mass murder. And once again, Exodus 20, verse 13. You shall not murder. You shall not murder. Communism's history is a history of disarming the populace and murdering them. It's necessary for us to disarm you so that evil men in your midst won't harm you. And so we're here to protect you. We're here to help. That's what Adolf Hitler said when he took guns from the citizens of Germany in 1938 and then murdered 13 million of them. That's what Joseph Stalin said in 1929 when he disarmed the citizens of Russia, and then murdered 20 million of them. That's what Pol Pot said in 1956 when he took the guns from his citizens and then murdered 2 million of them. And that's what Chairman Mao said in 1935 and then murdered in excess of 20 million Chinese. Communism inevitably leads to the mass murder of millions there are some very confused Christians who say, I can't vote for a Donald Trump-like presidential candidate because he's not 100% pro-life. He is only the most pro-life president we've ever had. He's not 100% pro-life. He makes some exceptions in his pro-life position. Therefore, I cannot vote for him. And I remind you that Abraham Lincoln was not 100% pro-freedom. He was wildly pro-freedom. He was mildly against slavery. And yet God was pleased to use Abraham Lincoln to bring about what? The abolition of slavery. Would it have been wrong for Christians to vote for Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> I should think not. Was it wrong for Christians to vote for President Trump the first time, President Trump the second time, and God willing, will it be wrong for Christians to vote for President Trump the third time? And the answer is no, no, and no. Why? Because he's the best choice available. And in God's providence, he may well abolish the mass murder of millions of unborn children in the United States of America. And why is it that women rose up in a women's march, which really was a pro-baby murder, pro-genocide march around the world? Why is it they rose up after he was elected? Because they saw him as a great threat to their right, so-called, to murder unborn children. And so God willing, we'll have the opportunity again to vote for President Trump or one like him, an imperfect candidate. 
that is far better than a Joseph Biden, far better than anyone on the left, who both supports the slaughter of the unborn up through and past the ninth month, and ultimately supports a world system that slaughters both the born and the unborn. Communism inevitably leads to the mass murder of millions. Think on this. While America has allowed, wrongly so, wickedly so, has allowed mothers to murder their children in abortion clinics, America doesn't force mothers to murder their children like China does. Nor does America force mothers to be sterilized as China has. That's the difference between a constitutional republic that errs terribly at times within that constitutional republic system and communism that doesn't err. No, it consistently, deliberately slaughters its citizens, born and unborn. So again, point one, communism is a satanic assault against God and mankind. Two, communism inevitably leads to the mass murder of millions you shall not murder. Three, third point, communism is fundamentally theft by design. Theft by design. Marxists deny the biblical worldview of capitalism built upon the solid foundation of personal property rights born out of the Ten Commandments and the Bible as a whole. Marxist tyrants and governments delegitimize personal property rights and steal from those who have to give to those who don't have. So from the haves to the have-nots until no one has enough. Until shelter, food, and clothing are scarce for all. Until everyone is suffering. It's a wonderful system, which, by the way, is is what makes communist nations so volatile and dangerous to their neighbors because it doesn't work internally. They have to go attack other nations and take what they have in order to survive. Exodus 20, verse 15, you shall not steal. Four words, four words are like an ax at the root of the communist tree, and it shall fall. If we'll just believe God in those four simple words. I mean, I like, you shall not murder. We could stand there, put that axe to that tree, that rotten, wicked, murderous tree. I like, you shall have no other gods before me and lay that axe to it. But hey, we love our money. We love our money more than our lives, perhaps. So maybe this is the axe that America will stand up and use. Maybe this is the axe that will wake up American Christians even. It is fundamentally a system of theft that will impoverish us all. Oh, but money doesn't matter. Our very spiritual Christian brothers and sisters will say, money doesn't matter. What good has money ever done? It buys medicine for the sick, food for the poor, books for the uneducated, homes for the homeless. What good has money ever done? Well, money is the root of all evil when evil men covet it and use it for evil ends. But money in the hands of the righteous does so much good. Money prints Bibles. Money sends Bibles. Money sends preachers to preach the gospel that results in eternal riches. The forgiveness of sins. The right to be called a child of God. Communism is theft. Biblically speaking, capitalism is the monetary system that God has sanctioned, built out of personal property rights. You shall not steal, says what? That individuals have the right to what they have worked for, to what they have owned, to what they own, to what they have inherited. They have a right to it. They possess it. And you find beyond you shall not steal, you find God's word clearly laying out property rights again and again and again that they would not be infringed upon. And when they are infringed upon, it gives a system to make that right. Restitution. And so we stand on the word of God as capitalists, not ruthless capitalists, but as biblical capitalists who love their neighbors. Rejecting socialism as a speed bump that leads directly to communism, as a quick pit stop before full-blown communism. Capitalism is the idea that people work 
They then buy, they then possess property and own it, not the state. Personal property rights. That's the biblical worldview. Socialism says, well, let's go halfway. You can work, sure, we'd like that. You can own part of what you work for. But really, the state kind of owns it. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of hold the reins and the power, and we'll stifle business. We'll make it very difficult to pass wealth from one generation to the next, because the government has to get its cut. Big government makes for very small business, and is forever infringing upon freedom. And is meant to be the stepping stone to communism. And any honest communist will tell you that. Socialism is just soft communism. It's just the entryway drug to full-blown communism where the government owns everything. Some people think, in fact, somebody told me yesterday, communism is dead. Communism is alive and well. What are you talking about? There's an illusion of business that is owned by private individuals in communist China. But China owns everything. And they just have shown this last week. They will step in and take what they want when they want it. Every citizen of China, if you're not aware, is a spy. When they come to America to seek an education or work in our businesses, they are often called upon by the Chinese government to report back and tell them all that they've learned, all that might be useful to the Chinese government against capitalism and against this capitalist nation, against this constitutional republic known as the United States of America. And so, you shall not steal is fundamentally opposed to communism, which is built on theft, taking from the haves and giving to the have-nots until no one has anything. Which is why, as we weaken America and strengthen our communist enemies, Singapore and Taiwan begin to tremble because they will soon be annexed by communist China. So first, communism is a satanic assault against God and mankind. That should be enough. It seeks to replace God with the state as the highest law, as the highest authority, as the definer of good and evil. Secondly, communism inevitably leads to the mass murder of millions, a historical and present reality that is undeniable. Third, communism is theft. You shall not steal, Exodus 20, 15. Fifth, communism creates a sense of entitlement and class warfare. And we are in the thick of this by justifying the sin of covetousness in the name of fairness, equity, justice, reparations, social justice, wokeness, and white privilege. They then unleash their entitled proletariat, brown shirt, hammer and sickle adorned, BLM Antifa army on the bourgeoisie, middle class, property owners, and capitalist pig business owners who had it coming to them anyway were just getting our reparations and the police have been told to stand down or we'll fire you or prosecute you. And so their communist armies have been flooding our streets and taking what they want. It's not an accident. It's not happenstance. That's how communism works. And they slowly feed their army this sense of entitlement, this sense of justice in their evil deeds, and they build that army, and then they equip that army and give them uniforms. We're in the early stages of it, but if it's not held in check, it will move very quickly. Communism creates a sense of entitlement and class warfare by justifying the sin of covetousness in the name of fairness, equity, justice, reparation, social justice, wokeness, and white privilege. They then unleash their entitled proletariat, brown shirt, hammer and sickle adored BLM Antifa army on the bourgeoisie middle class property owners and capitalist pig business owners. They deliberately foment class warfare between the haves and the have-nots by sowing endless seeds of covetousness designed to convince the have-nots that they have the righteous right, even the responsibility, to violently take what the haves possess, up until including their lives. That is what communism does, and that's what you see going on. Open your eyes. That's what's going on. 
It's not all unrelated. It's all planned, all coordinated, all coming to pass to bring about the communist United States of America. What does the Word of God say? Exodus 20, verse 17. You shall not covet. Communism is fundamentally covetous. It teaches class warfare. It teaches the have-nots that they've gotten a raw deal by those evil capitalists, by those evil business owners, by those evil people that worked hard to succeed and now own stuff. And remember, to the communist, even the idea of owning stuff is evil. And the idea that you think you have the right to own stuff, that makes you evil. And therefore, it justifies the righteous in taking your stuff and punishing you because you got your stuff through evil and the idea that you think you should be able to keep your stuff and defend your stuff, that's evil too. That's the communist mindset and our young people are full of it because they're going to the communist training centers called elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and university. They're full of it. You ask one of these average kids brought up in the public school system about the U.S. Constitution, they hate it. They think it's evil. They think it's part of the systemic racism and oppression and the evil of capitalism. As they live out their lives as one of the richest, most comfortable generations of kids that have ever been born on this planet, one of the safest generation of kids that have ever been born and blessed to live on this planet. They hate the very system that's given them all of that because they've been trained to. Oh, that's incredibly dangerous. It just takes the right Bernie Sanders or AOC to come along with a match to light that fuse that they have carefully set, and this bomb is going to go off. It's a cold war today. It will be a hot war tomorrow if America does not stand up, if Christians do not stand up and speak truth, if we do not call off our truce through cowardice or our truce in thinking we're just being loving, we're just getting along, we don't want to have disagreements. It's not loving to let evil prosper in our land. We must speak truth out of love and expose this evil called communism. Oh, but it's not communism, AOC would tell you. It's democratic socialism. That's just putting lipstick on a communist pig. First, communism is a satanic assault against God and mankind. Secondly, communism inevitably leads to the mass murder of millions. Third, communism is theft. Fourth, communism is a lie. Oh, did I skip that? I did. I skipped that. Forgive me. Communism is a lie. It's a lie. It always promises utopian equity And it always delivers equal suffering for all except for the tyrants in power. Communism is a lie. Oh, that's in the law of God too. Let's see. Exodus 20, 16. You shall not bear false witness. Communism is a grand lie. Blessings and equity for all when it's equal suffering for all. In Exodus 20, 16, you shall not bear false witness. Fifth, communism creates a sense of entitlement and class warfare by justifying the sin of covetousness. Exodus 20, 17, you shall not covet. Sixth, communism enslaves mankind and steals away our motivation to work with the promise of security and free stuff. Free stuff. You remember under President Obama? Free stuff. Why are people rushing to America right now? Free stuff. Communism enslaves mankind and steals away our motivation to work with the promise of security and free stuff. What do I see in our community? What do you see in every Democratic-run city in America? Homelessness, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, theft, crime, murder. How's it working out? How's all the free stuff working out? San Francisco, that's a free stuff city. How's it working out? Free needles, all the free needles you like. They're on the ground everywhere. Free stuff. How's the free stuff working out with our current president? It's not free, but it's discounted. Fentanyl for all. Huge discount. It's widely available. Prices have plummeted. 
Free stuff. All these socialist Democrat states where drugs are being legalized. <laughs> That's not free, but it's cheap, and we are going to tax it. Do you think the socialists are really pro-druggy any more than they're pro-black man or brown man or pro-homosexual? No, it's all meant to break down the fabric of society through racism, break down the fabric of society through homophobia, break down the fabric of society through drug addiction and the crime that goes with it as we criminalize the police and tie their hands and say, you can't stop it. You can't stop an invasion at the border. You can't stop an invasion of drugs. You can't stop any of this. Communism enslaves mankind and steals away our motivation to work with the promise of security and free stuff. Biblical capitalism frees mankind with the promise of the opportunity to work, eat, own, and prosper. Despite the Marxist BLM fiction of America's systemic racism, people of color are coming to America from all around the world for the amazing opportunities biblical capitalism affords them. They aren't leaving everyone and everything behind and risking their lives to get to communist China to experience the enslavement and poverty of atheistic Marxism. The communist nations of the world don't have an illegal immigration problem, except maybe that their people are trying to escape. Think of that. Just the escape stories from North Korea, from China, from Russia back in the day, from Cuba. What does the Word of God say? Well, we're not in Exodus in this one. 2 Thessalonians 3.10, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. And you think, well, that's so harsh, it's so mean. No, it's so freeing. It frees them from the slavery of their own sin. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. That would clean up our city in a heartbeat. Because when they're not getting free handouts, they can't live in a tent on the corner. They're going to get hungry. They've got to go find some place to work. But we've become a nation, a state, a city of lawlessness, where if anyone will not work, he shall eat and the government shall provide and the government shall provide. How? Just print more money? No, no, no. They can't just keep printing it. They've got to take it from the haves. They've got to take it from those who are working for it until eventually the haves don't have. First Timothy 5.8 speaks to this. It says, If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. We have never had more men staying home, refusing to provide for their families where the state hands them checks than we have today, justifying it through COVID. It's terrible. If a man does not work and provide for his own, he's worse than an infidel. He's denying the faith. We need to go to work. It's funny, those men that aren't working, on my days off and your days off, you see them. They're all out in the community having a good time. They're at the coast. They're at the beach. They're having a good time. They're traveling. They're eating good food. All in the government's dime. And the government's dime is your dime. If you're at work and they're taxing you. And, sorry, more bad news. Those taxes, they're not high enough, it turns out. We're going to have to take more from the haves to give to the have-nots which decentivizes work, which creates more people who want to be at home on the government dime, which puts more weight on the back of those who want to work. The system does not work. It breaks down inevitably because it is anti-God and it's anti-God's design. Communism innately enslaves where capitalism in God's good design frees. While Second Thessalonians and First Timothy sound harsh to those who are unthinking, they are words of grace. They are words of mercy and words of blessing for society as a whole and each individual. So first, communism is a satanic assault against God and mankind. Second, communism inevitably leads to the mass murder of millions. Third, communism is theft. Fourth, communism is a lie. Fifth, communism creates a sense of entitlement to class warfare by justifying the sin of covetousness. Sixth, communism enslaves mankind and steals away our motivation to work with the promise of security and free stuff. Seventh, communism is an atheist power grab. 
Marxists attempt to steal all authority and power from Jesus Christ. Marxists and governments, they build, and the policies they implement are anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible, anti-church, anti-gospel, and anti-evangelism. Marxism is the enemy of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is similar to the first point, I confess, but specific to Jesus Christ, who in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 said, This, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus Christ has all authority. He is the king of everything. And communism is an atheistic power grab that would steal that authority away from Christ and suppress the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Where communism goes, a new dark age goes. And the light of the gospel grows dim. But communism inevitably seeks to snuff out the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. By defying the authority of Jesus Christ to go therefore to all the world. And that's the beauty of this constitution and the constitutional republic upon which it stands. That's the beauty of the First Amendment. That's the beauty of America, is that the gospel has flourished sea to shining sea, so much so that I would say we're gospel spoiled. We disdain it, and we disdain the glorious fruits that have come from it to our own destruction. And so much of the church has already rejected the authority of Jesus Christ's great commission in their lives. They've already refused to go, therefore, and make disciples, so they don't feel like they're losing anything. They're not in fear of losing anything because they already willingly gave it up. From the pastor down to the furthest pew from the pulpit, they've already given up the Great Commission. They're already out from under the authority of Christ. They've taken the gospel and tucked it in their back pocket as get-out-of-hell insurance for that day, that coming day, when their American utopia ends. And they die, their little slice of heaven called America ends and they die, and then they go off to meet Jesus. So they tuck the gospel away until that day where the gospel is to be declared every day. The gospel is to be our main thing because it's Christ's main thing and he is our main thing. And Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He died to save sinners. He rose to save sinners. He ascended to save sinners. And before he ascended, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples. And we, the United States of America, we American Christians have more freedom than any people that have ever lived to obey Jesus. And we've squandered it. And thus this judgment has come upon us. And if we don't stand up today as American Christians with the freedom that yet remains, if we don't stand up today, that freedom will be gone tomorrow and the light of the gospel will be snuffed out. And again, the hyper-spirits will come in. Oh, but the, the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's true universally. That's true eternally. But the gates of hell are prevailing in many pockets, in many nations, in many regions all over the earth. In this hour, and in many historic hours, again, there's that thing called the dark ages. Does that ring a bell? And it can get dark again, right here, in these United States of America. And it will, I assure you, it will, if Christ's church does not stand up under Christ's authority and go, therefore, and make disciples. Not just through talking about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, which is the heart of the matter, the center of our faith, the center of our declaration and proclamation and preaching, but we've got to expose the evil that opposes Christ. And in this hour, the chief evil that opposes Christ is communism. Communism is an atheist power grab, an attempt to steal all authority and power from Jesus Christ to shut down his gospel, to turn off the light of the gospel in this nation and around the globe. There's never been a greater need for America's pastors and Christians 
to resist the authority of Romans 1 tyrants and to fully submit to the authority of Jesus Christ and his great commission command. It is a historical fact that communist tyrants always come through the door promising utopian equity for all and never fail to deliver God-hating, atheistic darkness, poverty, oppression, starvation, mass murder, and equal suffering for all. And hear me, when I say equal suffering, I mean now and eternal. Because when you turn off the gospel light, that's what you get. Suffering now and forever. Let me speak to pastors who might listen to this at some point. Pastors, this isn't just politics. This isn't beneath the notice of gospel-minded men. This isn't beneath the notice of Christ-centered men. There are woke, social justice, BLM, anti-Christ, anti-gospel, anti-church, communist, Democrat, wolves afoot inside and outside of our churches, attacking and threatening to devour the sheep of the Lord's fold. This is a church sanctification, church discipline, pulpit preaching, street preaching, evil exposing, love of neighbor, love of God, great commission, go therefore and preach repentance to all nations in obedience to Jesus Christ issue. You'll either do your God-given job, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5, or in your apathetic silence, you'll prove you're a self-loving, cowardly hireling. Which will it be? Eighth and final point. Joe Biden's communist insurrection is a lawless, tyrannical attempt to throw off the rule of the United States Constitution that God providentially established as the highest earthly law and governing authority in America. It's every Christian's Romans 13 duty to defend the Constitution and our nation from any man or political party that seeks to abolish our constitutional republic. The Constitution is our ultimate, Romans 13, governing authority. That authority comes from God. The First and Second Amendments establish the means by which we defend our Constitution and nation. The First Amendment establishes the freedom of speech as our first and constant line of defense, and I'm exercising it right now. The Second Amendment provides the right to keep and bear arms as our second line of defense, a real line of defense. Again, I remind you, not a right to have sporting arms, not a right to hunting, not a right to collecting. It's a right to possess arms to protect ourselves, our states, our nation from tyrants who would overthrow our constitution that God in his providence has so blessed us with. Acts 5 verse 29 says this, we ought to obey God rather than men. This is Peter and the other apostles' answer when the governments, both Roman and Jewish, that were over them opposed the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought to obey God rather than men. When the governments, governors, or tyrants of this world oppose God, oppose his word, oppose his gospel, we obey God rather than men. And here we stand, exercising freedom of speech, the First Amendment, upholding our Constitution, defending our Constitution as a gift of God that has been the greatest blessing in the form of government that the world has ever known. It's worthy of defending for love of God and love of neighbor. The line of defense is currently through freedom of speech. I pray it never comes to the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment is there currently as a threat to would-be tyrants, and therefore it must stand as a threat to would-be tyrants. And God willing, those tyrants will be forced back as our nation rises up, speaking truth with strength with courage and with love, led out by Christians, speaking the truth of God's law to expose evil, speaking the truth of God's gospel to rescue men from evil within. And there we stand, a Christian response to communist insurrection. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word so powerful to cut through the lies of the devil that come through the door with the face of communism. We pray, Father, your truth would prevail. We pray, Father, 
the body of Christ would stand up. That the body of Christ would march as to war fighting with the weapons of spiritual warfare, the word of God. Exposing evil and lifting up Jesus in all his glory, his person, and his saving work upon the cross. Oh Lord, revive your church for your glory and for the blessing of our neighbor, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.